This podcast is presented to you by High Desert Word Center in Barstow, California. For more information, visit hdwc.org. All right, how is everybody tonight? Happy New Year, right? Come on. 2019, a beautiful new year. And I'm excited. God's got lots of great things in store for you over the next 364 days, I guess, at this point. And uh, it is going to be fantastic. It's going to be the best year of your life so far. And I, I firmly believe that. And so we're going to get into some good stuff tonight. The title is this, Lessons for the New Year. Lessons for the New Year. Did anybody learn anything in 2018? Did anybody? All right. Three of us did. I learned a few things myself. I don't. That's fine. But uh, but sometimes, you know, we learn some things the easy way. Maybe you read about it in a book. That's a fun way to learn. Another way to learn is uh, sometimes you, you learn the difficult way. Right. And sometimes, you know, life kind of throws a few curveballs at you. And, you know, it was interesting. My dad talked about that a little bit on Sunday. And praise God, man, 2018 was in some ways a challenging year for a lot of people here. I know for the Samples family, it certainly was. But praise God, man, we kept a smile on our face, kept the joy of the Lord all the way through. And in fact, today's January 2nd. It was a year ago today that Katie and I had to sit down and tell dad that the doctors had told Katie about his report. And here we are. 365 days later, clean bill of health and God is good and and the battle is won. Amen. And so that is absolutely awesome. And I love uh, I love what the Lord's doing. And so tonight I'm going to share a few things that uh, that I'm just sharing from my heart lessons for the new year. And I sat down this morning with my Bible and and just kind of started talking to the Lord and about some of the things that maybe I've learned in the last year. And I think that I'm going to share those with you tonight. And I pray that they'll bless you and that uh, there are probably some things that you maybe already knew or maybe already uh, you're most of your light years ahead of me. But at the same time, still just just bear with me and we're going to learn some things tonight. Amen. And so uh, let's go ahead and pray. And I'm going to get into a few things tonight that that I believe are going to be encouragement for us as we head into this new year. Father, in Jesus name, we thank you, Lord, so much uh, for all that you've done in our lives. Lord, we do not for one minute take it for granted, Lord, that you came and you died for us and you you paved the way to heaven. Jesus, we thank you for that. And Lord, we thank you that 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 you've brought us out of every circumstance we've been in up to this point. God, we're still here. We're still alive. So that means you've brought us through. And God, I pray that as we open our our hearts to your word tonight, Lord, that you'll speak to us, God. You'll show us what we need to see. Lord, you'll build us up, encourage us, God, prepare us for the year ahead. And we thank you for it, Father. You are the best. We love you. In Jesus' name, everybody said? Amen. All right. And so I'm going to look at a few things tonight. Maybe some of it's kind of a, a review uh, or something that we already know. But I want to reinforce some things for us tonight. And so one lesson that I learned in 2018 is this. And number one is that you need to put your trust in the Lord, not people. Well, you didn't know that already. Well, I knew it, but I'm just saying it was reinforced. And so you need to put your trust in the Lord, not in people. And we all know that and we all say that. But the truth of the matter is this. A lot of times we are looking to people to fill voids in our life and to fulfill needs in our life. 
that only God can fill, right? That only God can fill. And, and that's something that all, I mean, so many people, you know, for instance, they look to, to the president. Well, well, we got him in office now, then everything's going to be fine. Well, that's good that you're man. But at the same time, he's not my all in all. Jesus is my all in all. I don't even if he makes mistakes or does good things or bad, whatever. Jesus is who I'm looking for to be my provider, not the economy around me, not not the, the politicians, not the government, not the president, whatever. Jesus is my provider. And some people are looking for people to fulfill all these different voids and to be their source and their supply in all these different areas. And the truth of the matter is this, people will let you down, even if they don't mean to. Even people you love, even people that are great, awesome people. Why should people let you down like that? Because I found out something. People are human. I, I, it's like, whoa, they're, I mean, they're, they're human. You're human. I'm human. And that means we mess up sometimes and we disappoint and we make mistakes, right? But I'm telling you what, I want you to see something here in Psalm 118 and verse 8. Put your trust in the Lord. The Lord. And I, that sounds so basic, so elementary, but put your trust in the Lord. Your eyes. Keep your eyes on Jesus. Keep your eyes on Jesus. Psalm 118, and we're going to look here at verse 8. But this, it's, it's so simple, it's so basic, but it's an absolute truth that you have to be reminded of. Psalm 118 And verse 8, and I've got this in the New King James here. It says, it is better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in man. And then I think David wrote, duh, after that. But my, I don't know if your translation has that or not. But it is better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in man or woman or people or persons. It is better to put your trust in the Lord. People will let us down. And I can say this, and I've said it, and I don't feel bad for saying it, that there is a lot of people that I trusted that super big time let me down in 2018. And I'm not mad, and and, and it's all good. I, I free, And I'm not mad. But it was a great reminder and a great refresher for me, something that I apparently needed to know and needed to learn even at this stage of my life and ministry, that it's better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in man and you know i've heard andrew walmick he says this a lot that the only thing that will let you down is something you lean on like that's the truth man the only thing that can let you down is something that you really were leaning on think about that and and there's a lot of things that can let you down if you're leaning on your money it can eventually let you down if that's your crutch in life that can be hit right out from underneath you if you're if you're relying on your husband or wife or boyfriend or girlfriend or whatever your case is if you're relying on them to be your all in all and your everything bam that can get hit right out from underneath you right and that's not the popular thing to say because you know we see in movies and everything that oh she's my everything And my wife is a lot to me, but she's not my everything. Jesus is my everything. 
And when you start to put the pressure on your husband or your wife to fulfill needs that only God was called to fill, that's not fair to them. They're gonna, and, and, and it's your fault when you get disappointed, when you put them on such a high pedestal and you expected them to nearly take the place of God. That's not fair. I'm not called to be God in my wife's life. I'm, I'm to be the head of the household. I'm to be the priest of the home. And, I'll, and I, I, I take that and I'm, I'm good with that. But I am not God. And I don't want her to make me be God. And I don't want to try to make her be God and to be responsible for fulfilling all of my shortcomings in life and then get mad at her when she can't do it. Because only God can do that, right? That's that's a good word for somebody right there. But I'm telling you right now, the only thing that can let you down is something that you're leaning on in the first place. And I know this much, that when we're leaning on Jesus, he will never let you down. Nobody can hit Jesus out from underneath you. Nobody can take him away. Peter wrote that he is the chief cornerstone. What's the chief? That's the first block you lay the foundation. You lay, then you build everything else around the cornerstone. That's the key pivotal thing to your entire foundation. Jesus is the chief cornerstone and nobody can knock that out of place if you put him in the right place and you keep him there. Now I've heard a lot of people say, maybe making arguments about calling Christians weak, you know, oh, they're they're weak. That's why they need a crutch to get them through. God's just a crutch for the weak-minded. And I'm like, you know what? That's an insult to me. Why? Because he's much more than a crutch in my life. He He's a stretcher. He's an IV. He is life support in my life. That's how much I'm relying on him. I'm not just trying to get... He's not a crutch. He's life support, man. That's how helpless I am without Jesus. That's how defenseless and bad off I would be without Jesus. Jesus, I lean on him, I rely on him, and he has never, ever, ever let me down. Ever. Not one time. There's not been a time that Jesus let me down. Now, there's been times that I've done stupid things and let myself down, and or maybe uh, people, but Jesus has never let me down. He's brought me through cancer, brought my dad through cancer, restored my faith. He's done everything, man. Everything. He's my all in all. And he can't be taken away. And so I'm going to show you something here in Proverbs chapter 3. Let's flip there. Proverbs chapter 3. Who's glad to be starting their year off on January 2nd in the house of God listening to the word of God? What a great way to start your year off. Yes. I, I, uh, I welcomed the new year. Uh, well, I, I, actually, I slept through the whole thing. I, I went to bed. like <laughs> That's how you know you're getting a little bit older. <laughs> yeah. I just went to bed at 10. We were going to watch the ball drop, but I'm like, you know what? It's a ball. I've seen it. I'm going to bed. It's stupid. So I woke up the next morning and, amen, good stuff. But uh, where are we at? Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 and 6. Now, this is some very familiar scripture. Very popular, very familiar scripture. Proverbs 3, verses 5 and 6. It says, trust in who? The Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding and all your ways acknowledge him and he shall direct your paths. I see about 50 sermons in those two verses right there. So let's just pick it apart for one minute here. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart and lean not into your own understanding. Now, the majority of people 
they trust in the Lord with part of their mind and definitely lean all the way on their own understanding. In all their ways, they acknowledge themselves and their own strengths and resources, and then they direct their own paths. And then they get mad at the outcome and wonder, what, well, how did I end up over here? Where was God? Well, he said, he promised me roses. He promised me an e- the easy road if I would just say that prayer that time. That's not trusting the Lord with all your heart. That's, that's, that's still calling your own shots. That's you being your own Lord. That's you being in charge of your own life and then getting mad and blaming somebody else for the outcome. How's that fair? That's not fair to God. But so many people, they are calling their own shots. And this tells us right here, every Christian knows these verses. Every Christian's heard this a thousand times. And every Christian would say, yes, amen, brother. But not every Christian is fully obeying this. Trust in the Lord. And the easiest way to see if you're really trusting the Lord with all your heart is, what is your first reaction to any bad situation that comes your way? What's your first reaction? Oh, man, the, the, the doctor said this. What, well, what's your first reaction? Oh, man, I better better see if I can get to this medicine right now. I better see if I can get them to prescribe me this right away, right away. And, hey, whatevs. Cool. That's fine. But listen to me. If that's your first reaction and your first reaction isn't in the name of Jesus, I take authority over this right now. If that's not your first reaction, that's fine. You love you like Jesus. You love him. But I don't think he's the chief cornerstone of your life just yet. I'm not, we're not making fun, but it's just the truth. What is your first reaction? They come in and say, hey, they're talking about laying people off. Oh, my gosh. Okay, I better start applying right now. I, be, I better just uh, better get the resume out. I better. What? That's your what's your first reaction whenever trouble comes your way? That's how you know if Jesus really is one that you're trusting in with all your heart and if you're leading to your own understanding. Now, of course, there are great things to do. You hear about layoffs. Sure, get the old resume. But that is not the very first thing that I'm going to do. The very first thing I'm going to do is start talking to Jesus about it and take authority over the situation. Right? You, I mean, what is your initial reaction to any given situation in your life? And I can tell you this much, whether you've learned it yet or not, our own understanding is very, very limited, even in the best of situations. You may be an absolute expert in your field. You may be outstanding in your field. I know a lot of you that are outstanding in your field. People are trying to get your attention. Hey, you're standing in a field. Wake up! Sorry. No more jokes. But anyway, you may be the best at whatever it is that you do. You could be awesome at it. But even then... Your own understanding is very, very limited compared to what God sees, right? Isaiah and Peter both said that his thoughts are not our thoughts. His ways are not our ways because his ways and his thoughts are higher than our thoughts and our ways. And I thought about it this way. You know, we, we know that life's a journey, right? We're on this road. We're on a journey, whatever. Fine. But. I've traveled many different ways, so have you. I've traveled in, a, you know, a nice four-door sedan. Josh and Joe and I, we went from here to Indiana in, what was that? I mean, it was a tin can. It was a Hyundai 
what was that little thing? I don't know. It was a Kia, whatever. I mean, it was like a two and a half cylinder car. And we went 2,000 miles through rainstorms and tornadoes and barely got it there. We carried the car part of the way. It was bad. We shouldn't have driven. But anyway, so I've been traveling when that's my view. And you can see a little bit ahead on the road, right? You can see like 100 yards or something. You can't, but you can still see a little bit ahead. Then I've traveled in semis. I've been in big rigs. And your your view is a little, it's higher up. And I can see a lot further in the big rig than I can in the little tiny car. But at the same time, I've been in airplanes, and so have you, and helicopters. And when I'm up there, I can see hundreds of miles away, right? You can see a couple states away sometimes. You can see, and so think of it this way. You're down here on ground level in your Kia or whatever, whatever, no offense to Kia, whatever it is you drive. You're down here on ground level and God's up there 35,000, higher than that. God's up there as high as the heavens are above the earth. Who do you think has a better view of the road ahead? And here we are, God saying, I know you can't see it right now. But up ahead, there's danger. You're going to come to this. I'm going to need you to go this way. It doesn't make sense. Just trust me because I'm seeing something you're not seeing. And we're saying, no, 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 no. I'm going to lean on my own understanding right here. I got this one. And God's saying, no, you don't see it right now. I know it doesn't make any sense, but trust me. Do this now and you'll avoid the wreck that's 100 miles up the road. Right? I think about it this way. You watch the morning news, the L.A. morning news. They've got the traffic guy up in the helicopter looking like a dork with it and all the. And here he is. And he, he, he's giving you the, the, all the traffic conditions and, and, and this road right here. And, the, and, the, and don't take this road. And, and this one's back. Why is it? Because he's got the bird's eye view. He's got the higher viewpoint than what you've got. And he's trying to warn you of things that you can't see yet. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Don't lean to your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge Him, and He shall direct your paths. And sometimes it's fun to direct your own path, especially some people that just have control issues. But listen to me. Listen to me right now. Let go. Just let go. Okay? I know. I'm not being funny. It's harder for some people than others to just let go and trust God. I understand that. Some people really like control. But listen to me, you're going to have to learn to let go of some of that control and give it over to God. Because when he directs your paths, you can avoid a whole lot of damage and heartache and hurt and trouble that he saw coming that you never saw coming, right? Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Those are very, very important verses for all of us to look at. And so God's view, his ways, the things that he's seeing are a whole lot higher and better than what it is you're seeing. And so put your trust in the Lord. Don't overlook this simple elementary truth. I'm telling you, seriously, in 2019, make God option number one and number two. Go ahead and make him number three also. And number four and number five. Make him it. Make God the option. The game plan is God. Well, what's your game plan this year? God. God. That's the game plan. I'm going to actually do what he says to do. I'm going to actually be what he tells me to be. And that's not rocket science. That's not the deepest teaching that we've ever put out. But it is fundamental for your growth this year. Trust God. Not other people. And you yourself can let yourself down. Have you ever done that? 
Okay, I'll be the one to admit it. I have let myself down. I have let myself down before. And so we're not just talking about other people. I'm talking about my trust needs to be in God, not even in myself. Thank you for your thunderous, thunderous amen on that one. That's good. Number two, number two. All right. Fear God, not people. Now, that may not sound like that again, but I'm telling you right now, some of you get it. Some of you don't. I see it. But listen to me. Fear God, fear the Lord, not people. Let's look at Proverbs 29 and verse 25. Proverbs 29 and verse 25. Fear the Lord. So Proverbs 29, and we're going to look at verse 25. This is a good verse. This is a good one. I recommend you highlight this one. So Proverbs 29 and verse 25, and it says this, Fearing people is a dangerous trap, but trusting the Lord means safety. Fearing people is a dangerous trap, but, fear, but trusting the Lord means safety. Now, fear, you know, again, that most people take that to be afraid. Of course, we don't need to be afraid of other people because God is for us, right? But this talks about respecting and trusting in people and their opinions more than you do in God. That is a dangerous Trap, But trusting the Lord means safety. Now, one major thing that we learned and studied in 2018 here at, at church is this, uh, is we learned the difference between being a disciple and a convert. Does anybody remember that? We talked about that extensively, and I, I mean, people are still talking about it. And, uh, and we learned the difference between being a convert and a disciple, because not everybody that's a Christian is a disciple. Right? Not everybody there. Jesus had a lot of followers, but he only had a certain number that were actual disciples because the disciples were willing to do things and go places that the others were not willing to go and do. And it's the exact same way in 2019. There's a lot of converts to Christianity. There's a lot of people that love the Lord. They go to church. They like God. They're they're cool with it all. But not everybody that says they're a Christian is a disciple. And I can tell you this much right now. A convert cares more about what people think of them than what God thinks of them. Every time. Somebody that is not truly a disciple of Jesus, they care more about what other people think about them than what God thinks about them. That's the truth. They value people's opinions more than they value God's opinion. That's why, you know, people say, what, what are you listening to over there? Uh, it's just, it's just something. You're really listening to a podcast with preaching or something, but you don't want to tell everybody, right? Cause, uh, you, you don't want them to make fun of you or, or, or why, why, why don't you watch these movies? Uh, did, did you see this one? Oh, come look at this picture real quick. And, and, and listen to me. A disciple will say, no! Not a chance in the world! Get away! And, and, and somebody that's just simply converted to Christianity, somebody that's just doing the Christian thing, that, that, they don't really care. They would rather not be embarrassed in front of other people than to make God displeased with them. 
And I'm telling you right now, that's a dangerous trap to be in. You're starting to fear people more than you fear the Lord. You need to value God's opinion more than you do people's. And I know everybody says, well, yeah, that makes sense. But what if we really lived like that? What if you really, honest to goodness, want, seriously, what if you really did value God's opinion about your life more than you valued people's opinion about your life? It would change the way you lived your life. It would change the decisions you made. It would change the places you go. It would change the things that you watch on TV. It would change everything that you do. Let me show you something here in John chapter 12. John 12. Here's a good one for you. John chapter 12. Let's flip over there. But I'm telling you, it is a very dangerous trap to fall into to care more about what your friends think about you, what your family thinks about you, what your co-workers think about you, than what Jesus thinks about you. John chapter 12, and we're going to look here at verse, uh, verses 42 and 43. John chapter 12, verses 42 and 43. These are lessons for your new year. Fear the Lord, not people. John chapter 12, verses 42 and 43. And so, it says here, verse 42, Many people did believe in him. However, including some of the Jewish leaders, but they wouldn't admit it for fear that the Pharisees would expel them from the synagogue. So we're talking about a lot of Jewish people, they really did. They believed that Jesus, hey, this guy really is, this is the son, this is, I, this is the Messiah, right? This is him. But they didn't want to admit it because it would cost them their reputation in the community. It would mean that they got kicked out of the synagogue if they were to step up and say, I believe that Jesus is the son of God. They, they believed it, but they didn't want to admit it. But look at this next verse. This is a hardcore verse right here. And if this is you, pray. Talk to God. For they loved human praise more than the praise of God. Wow. These people, they believed in Jesus. But when it came down to it, they would not stand up for him and their beliefs. Because they cared more about human praise than the praise of God in their own life. That's that is that's incredible. But how many people do we have today that they really do care more about human praise, human opinion, human compliments, what everybody else thinks about them? They care more about their reputation in everybody else's eyes than they do about their reputation in God's eyes. They want the human praise more than the praise of God. That's an incredible statement right there, but that's the absolute truth of what these people we're going through right here. And I can tell you this, everybody wants to be liked. Is there anybody in here that just does not like to be liked? I like to be liked. I like it. I, I like it. It's a good thing. It's nice to be liked. Okay? But at the same time, I can promise you this. If you'll really stick to your guns and your morals and to the Word of God, you will not be Mr. Popular. You will not <laughs> win the popularity contest at Fort Irwin or the Marine base, or say, you will not be the most popular dude out there or lady out there if you really will stick to what the Word of God says. I can tell you that right now. Because when you actually have some backbone and stand up 
for what the word says, it rubs people. It rubs the devil. It rubs society the absolute wrong way. So what do you do? You just give in and give up on what you believe so everybody else will like you and be nice to you and quit making fun of you? Well, that's the path that most Christians take, honestly. Well, I better just shut up. They're all going to say, I don't want to get... Is that the path you're going to take? Or are you going to stick to your guns and say, you know what? I'd rather Jesus be happy with me. I'd rather God be pleased with me. I'd rather be popular in heaven than here on earth. What is your opinion and your stance? Now, I can tell you this. In 2019, if I avoided every topic that offends people, well, there'd be nothing left to preach up here. These people melt down faster than, these snowflakes melt down faster than the frost in Barstow. You seen that? I mean, it's here and then it's gone five minutes. People will melt down if you tell them the truth. But does that mean that you shy away from the word of God? Absolutely not. Now, I don't go out of my way to offend people and make people mad. But at the same time, if, if it comes down to making Jesus or the Holy Spirit offended or offended you, I got to offend you. Because I do not want the Holy Spirit grieved and offended in my life. I need him more than I need you. I can call upon him at 2 a.m. I can't call upon you at 2 a.m. I can call upon him. I can ask him for guidance, for counsel, for help, for the right direction. And I can't ask you for that. I can go to the Holy Spirit. I need him in my life more than I need you in my life. And and I've seen this a lot. I've listened to a lot of the most popular preachers of of our day. And now I know why they're so popular. They tell everybody what they want to hear. Right? Come on. I mean, listen, I know this isn't that motivational, but it's the truth. You will be a lot more popular if you just don't stand up for anything. And if you have no guts, people will probably love you. But in the end, what does God say about that? You have got to have some things. You've, you've got to draw some lines in the sand that you will not cross. And I found that most people I know, they draw a line in the sand, but they're willing to just move that line back a little bit when the pressure gets on. You need to have some things in your life that you just will not give an inch on. They are non-negotiable. And people and other Christians will make fun of you. They will say, well, that's stupid. That's silly. That's fine. I don't care. But it's between me and God. Mind your own business. But I said, I'm not going to do that ever, ever. And there are some things that I have never, ever done. Even though other people are fine with it, that's okay. That's between them and God. This is between me and God. I refuse. I'd rather die than cross that line. You're looking at me like I'm crazy, but I'm being serious. I'm dead serious right now. I'm, I'm being totally serious. I know there's there's some establishments that due to their stances on some things, I personally, I don't go out and preach it. I don't post it on the Internet. But there's some places that I, I'm not going to give them any more of my money. I know it's not going to bankrupt them. They don't need my $2. That's not going to bankrupt them. But it's the principle that in my heart I told God I will never step foot in there again. And I haven't. And it has been inconvenient because there has been some places and some times when that was the only option, but I went without. And people, even in this church, made fun of me and said, oh, what are you going to do now? Boycott every every store you don't agree with? No, just the ones that I told God I wouldn't go to. And I will never, ever, ever, I would rather die 
than going there. And you're like, well, that's pretty hardcore. Well, that's because you don't know what it's like to actually stand for something and say that I will not be pushed across this line. Whether you make fun of me, whether you think it's funny or not, I won't do it. I told God I'm not going in there. I told God that I will never give them a penny again, and I'm not going to. Thank you. All right. Thank you. Thank you. All right. So I can tell you this, too, that sometimes you need to hear what you don't want to hear in order to save your life. Sometimes you need to hear what you don't want to hear in order to save your life. Can you imagine going to a doctor? And I mean, he's very popular. Everybody loves him. You go to the doctor and, uh, and, and you see this doctor maybe talking to another patient. This is somebody that's obviously in bad health, bad shape. And I mean, even you not being a medical professional, you say, man, something's wrong with that person. They look awful. But this doctor tells them, keep it up, man. You stay on the same path. Don't change a thing. You're doing great. You're good enough. You're smart enough and doggone it, people like you. You stay exactly how you are. Don't change a thing. You do you. You go, man. Love you. See you next time. What is that? Then the person goes out and dies the next week of some very curable disease. You know, maybe they had a cold or something and it kills them. Well, I'd be pretty mad at that doctor. Maybe he was nice. Maybe he buttered me up. Maybe he just made me feel good and, and painted a beautiful picture of rainbows and ponies and unicorns. That's beautiful. It was a beautiful picture he painted. But the issue is, it wasn't true. I was sick and he didn't tell me. I would rather go to a doctor that may not be so nice, that may not make me feel beautiful, but will tell me the truth. Dude, you need to lose some weight. You need to get out. You need to start. You need to change your diet, man. You're unhealthy. I would rather hear that, the truth in the end, if it's going to save my life. Right? Somebody, come on, am I alone on this? Listen, would you rather go listen to somebody or would you rather just read things or, 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 or feed on things in your life that only make you feel good and tell you that you're just beautiful and wonderful and you don't need to change a single thing? I mean, that's good to be built up. I like to encourage people and I like to be encouraged. And there is a great time for that. And it's a whole lot of the time that we need that. But there's also a percentage of the time when you just flat out need the truth and say, man, you need to quit doing that. That's going to kill you. Put that down. Quit playing with that. That is going to wreck your life. Put it down. And it may offend you. It may rub you the wrong way. But when you've still got a family next year at this time, you'll be glad you put it down. Right. When you've still when you've still got a job next year at this time, you'll be glad you put it down. You'll be glad you quit doing it. Sometimes the truth hurts. And I've said this a billion times. Sometimes the truth hurts. But that doesn't change the fact that it's true. And the truth will set you free when you know the truth. Jesus said in John eight thirty two, you shall know the truth. And the truth shall set you free. Now, a lot of times we twist that phrase and we just simply say, the truth will set you free. Not on its own, it won't. You've got to receive the truth and know the truth. And then the truth will set you free. If the truth just sets you free, Jesus would have set free every single person that's living on planet Earth right now. We'd have nobody bound in sin. We'd have nobody doing stupid things because Jesus would have just came and set every single one of them free. But you've got to know the truth and then the truth will set you free. All right? And so we have to learn to 
fear God, not people. Physically unhealthy people, they avoid the truth about their physical circumstances. They don't, they don't want to, they don't even want to know. I know some people that they know something's wrong, but they don't want to go to the doctor because they just don't want to know. They'd rather avoid the truth and it kills them. I've got people that I really care about right now that are in very bad physical shape because they avoided finding out the truth for a very long time. That's sad. But as bad as that is, the truth of the matter is that spiritually unhealthy people, they avoid the truth from God's word. And it kills them in the end. It shipwrecks their life. It destroys everything because they don't want to hear it. Don't be that person. I'll just, you know, we'll just lay it out there like that. Don't be like that. Make it your goal in 2019 to obey the word of God to the absolute best of your ability in every single situation, even if it's something that you've never done before. Even if it's something that, well, I've been on the fence about this for a while, but I know the word says it. Make it your goal to obey God's word in every single area, even if it means stretching yourself, even if it means stepping out of the boat and walking on the water like you've never done before. Make that your goal this year and watch everything else fall right into place. Watch everything else just fall right into place if you'll make that your goal. And the third thing we'll say tonight is this. Number one was put your trust in the Lord, not in people. Number two, fear God, fear God, respect, reverence God, not people. And number three, remain faithful. Remain faithful. Man, I can tell you, I love faithful people. Faithful people are the best people. It doesn't matter. I mean, even if you don't have the most prominent position in the world, even if you don't, you know, you're not the superstar, even if you're not the flashiest, loudest person, that's fine. If you'll just keep sticking at it and be stable and faithful doing what you do, you are a hero. You are, I mean, you are a minority. You're some, you're, you stand out in the crowd if you're somebody that can just stay faithful. Just be stable at doing what it is God told you to do. You are incredible. And so let's look here at Matthew 21, verse 28. Matthew 21 and verse 28. I know, man, that 2019 is going to be an, an absolutely epic, wonderful, incredible year in our lives, in this church, in the name of Jesus, in this community. This is going to be an absolutely outstanding year if we will make the word of God, if we will, if we will make God, pleasing God, our number one priority, just watch what God can do in your life. There may be things you've been praying on for years that they'll just break free this year. The situations, battles you've been fighting for decades. And if you'll make seeking God above all else your goal this year, just watch those chains break. Just watch those roads straighten out. Just watch what God will do in your life if you'll really make him the priority this year. Matthew chapter 21 and verse 28. So we're talking about remaining faithful. Matthew chapter 21. We're going to look at verses 28 through 31, it says this, but what do you think about this? Jesus said, a man with two sons told the older boy, son, go out and work in the vineyard today. The son answered, no, I won't go. But later he changed his mind and went anyway. 
Then the father told the other son, you go. And he said, yes, sir, I will. But he didn't go. Which of the two obeyed his father? They replied, well, the first one. Then Jesus explained his meaning. I tell you the truth, corrupt tax collectors and prostitutes will get into the kingdom of God before you do. Whoa! Jeez! What a statement! How would you like for Jesus to say to you, hey, cheaters and prostitutes will get into heaven before you do? Ow! That has to hurt! That has to stink and hurt! But Jesus said it. And what was he saying it to? He was saying it to people that said, yes, Lord, I will, but then didn't keep their word to Jesus. That's a pretty big, bad, bold statement to say. You told me you would, but then you didn't. Tell you what, corrupt tax collectors and prostitutes get into the kingdom of God before you do. That is, I mean, that is intense. That is hardcore. But I can tell you this much. It is very important to Jesus that you keep your word to him if you tell him that you will do something. Very, very important. Why is that? Because nobody wants to be lied to by somebody that they love. And Jesus loves you. And I and you and we, we said, Jesus, you love me and I love you right back. And because I love you, I'll do this for you. I'll give you my life. Uh, you gave your life for me. I'll give my, I'll lay, whatever you want me to do. Yes, Lord, I will serve in the nursery or I will serve as an usher. I will help the youth, whatever it was that, you know, or yes, Lord, I will go and volunteer at the pregnancy center. I will go and help the, over here. Yes, I will support the, whatever it was. But then when we don't, now that, I mean, that's not a popular thing to say. It's probably why I'm not super popular, but listen to me right now. Listen to me. Jesus said, if you told me you would and then you didn't, what's up with that? That is, that is intense. But look at Luke chapter 9 and verse 62. Luke chapter 9 and verse 62. Because Jesus yet again tells us what he really thinks about making a commitment to him and then backing out or, or just flat out not doing it. So there are some people that the Lord knocked on their door and they said, I'm not going, forget it. But then in the end, they got it together and they really went. And he said, I'm good with that because you obeyed. And then there are some that said, I'm not going, or I will, Lord, but then they didn't do it. He's not okay with that. Luke chapter 9 and verse 62. And here Jesus says, Jesus told him, anyone who puts a hand to the plow and then looks back, is not fit for the kingdom of God. What's it mean to put a hand to the plow? It means you committed to work for the Lord, right? It means you made a commitment that I'll serve you, I'll follow you, I'll, I'll, I will do this for you, Lord. I will work at this for you. And I'm, this isn't a guilt trip about serving in church, you know, if the shoe fits, fine. But whatever it is that God's talked to you about and dealt with you about, if you, if you said, if you committed, Lord... I'm your man. Count me in. You got, I will do it. But wait, I don't know, man. This is starting to get inconvenient. Okay, there's football on Monday nights. I can't, oh my gosh. Sunday night football. I, I couldn't watch babies for, <laughs> miss out on, the, are you kidding me? It's the playoffs. 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 I can't do this. And so, whatever the case is, whatever the case is, when you start to look back, I, I don't know. I mean, I don't know about this. Jesus said, forget it. 
Don't need you. You're not even fit for the kingdom of God. And I can tell you this right now. This sounds so mean. I'm replaceable. You're replaceable. We're all replaceable. Jesus doesn't want to replace us. Jesus wants you to fulfill what he called you to do. He wants me to fulfill what he called me to do. He wants my dad to fulfill. But at the same time, if we're not going to be faithful, if you're not going to be faithful, if we're going to just keep looking back and say, I don't know. I mean, I, 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 and you're torn between the two. Fine. He'll find somebody that'll do it for him. Wouldn't you do that? If you were a boss, if, if, if you needed to get the job done, if you had a huge harvest to bring in like he has. My brothers, my two older brothers are professional full-time farmers. It's how they make a living. And I'm telling you, when harvest season comes, there's no time for wishy-washy. Oh, I don't feel like getting up this morning. I, I, you have to do it. Because you've got a limited amount of time to get in all the harvest for all the thousands of acres of seed that you planted. You stayed up late. You, you cultivated it. You, 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 you fertilized. You gave, you put, you spent months and, and, and so much time getting this ready. And then you've got this much time to get it in or it's going to go to waste. You do not have time for half-hearted, part-time. I don't feel like it. I don't, I know I said I'd help, but not today. You fire those people. You say, I, I, I love you. I'll get somebody that does feel like it. I'll get somebody that will do it because I'm not going to waste all of this that I put so much into. Jesus gave his life for billions of people. Jesus planted the seed. Jesus spilled his blood for all these people. The seed has been planted and he's got we've got this much of a window to get the harvest in. And if you're not willing to do your part, God bless you. God love you. You're a, you're you're a peachy person but you can be replaced i can be replaced if i'm not going to get it done and so jesus right here says remain faithful stick with it we've got to get this harvest in and i'm telling you the harvest is great jesus said in luke 10 verse 2 just a couple verses after this the harvest is great but the laborers are few Pray to the Lord of the harvest to send forth more laborers into his fields. And so every person here tonight, we got, you know, I got some committed people. I realize this. I'm preaching to the choir. We got, seriously, we got some committed people in this room tonight. All right. But I'm telling you right now, stick tighter than ever in 2019. Stick to God. Cling to God like you never have before. Let God use you. Let's bring in this harvest while we still can. Let's save this city. Let's save this community while there's still time. Because time's running out. We need you. We need each other to get the job done. Amen? I better quit. It's after eight. Let's go ahead and stand up together. Thank you for listening to this podcast. For more information, visit hdwc.org.